You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash crimes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash crimes to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash crimes. Welcome to Death by Southwest bonus episode, look up list for number 22, 22, which was the murder of Grady. Well, it was multiple murders Mm -hmm. here in Tucson, three different murders we looked at. um, And the, the murderer, Jason Doty. And it is Monday afternoon. So we're a little bit late on recording this one. Why it goes out today. Yeah, but that's fine. Because as... as well, actually, l- I mean, if it doesn't, if you don't edit, we're not late. Yeah, that's true. I really don't. Um, and that is probably very annoying for some listeners who stop listening. And then some people probably don't care and they're fine with it. We're open about that this is unedited mm-hmm. and less, you know professional in terms of there are background noises hmm. we're at jenna's house and michael has um mario kart going in the other room and um yeah hopefully everyone had a lovely mother's day if you celebrate oh, i like when people say that yeah i know i said that because you said that around the holidays a lot yeah anytime i said like happy this or so that you were like if you celebrate yeah um and so we have a couple of interesting lookup list things today. And but before we get into the lookup list for this episode, we actually got a a message from our human GPS, Sean. Mm. And he had he told me a couple other things the other day. And it wasn't from this episode. It must have been inspired by the previous episode or one of the previous ones that took place in New Mexico. Because he messaged me about something in New Mexico that we talked about and then also something in Arizona here because mm. we about Meteor Crater. And I liked it because instead of like giving me all the information, he just said, you should look this up and you should look that. And mm. I was like, ooh, I'd love to know more. And he's like, yeah, look it up. Mm. <laughs> so I did. So one thing that he told me is he said, 
Well, we talked about Route 66. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in the Flagstaff episode, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And so he said, did you know that there is a section of Route 66 in New Mexico that if you drive on the Rumble Strip, it plays America the Beautiful. And truthfully, I th- what's a Rumble Strip? strip yeah. yeah. So I thought I knew what it was, but I wasn't sure. So I looked it up. And Were I, you correct? I was correct. So, oh. you know, and this is terrible, but when I used to make those long drives from Atlanta to Tucson and stuff, you know, sometimes I'd just do it without stopping. Mm-hmm. Like, 30 hours what it's like rumble people awake it is i mean it is it's oh. it's those ridges on the kind of right on the oh, outside yeah. of the you line start to go off yes and it's yep. like boop, 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 that's, boop. yeah and that's it, smart you know and so this so i didn't really i didn't really make the connection until i watched the video of this and i'm gonna play it for you um and insert it into this bonus episode that will be the only editing i do uh but so there is, rumble strips are installed on road center lines or on the outside of the roads mm-hmm. um, to reduce crossover incidents and on, and on the shoulders to warn drivers they're going off the road. So exactly what we just said. Um, and the, the musical highway was created by the New Mexico Department of Transportation and National Geographic in 2014. It's a singing stretch of road just located outside of the town Tijeras, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but Tierras, New Mexico, east of Albuquerque on eastbound Route 66. How do you spell Tierras? Uh, T-I-J-E-R-A-S. Tierras? Tierras? So in order for the song to play correctly, you have to travel at a speed of 45 miles per hour. And so in my head... When I first heard, when he first told me this, I'm picturing like they've installed some electronic speakers and sensors underneath the road. Like that's what I was well, thinking. Yeah. I mean, right. I think they'd have, I don't know about speakers, but like, I guess, yeah, speakers, like some sensor that when you go over it, music plays it. from something. Right. That's, that's what I, that's not it. Unless it's always playing. No. Oh, what is it? So, and I'm going to read you this quote from um, the director of communications for New Mexico Department of Transportation. He explained the science behind it. It's really cool. There are no speakers. There's no like recorded track of music or anything. It's literally the top, the 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 speed that the tires hit these different ridges and the different depths of them and how they vibrate and how they've arranged them. I'll just read the quote That's instead of trying crazy. to like stumble through this, yeah. but it's so interesting. So. Uh, Matt Kennicott said, the road works with the simplest bit of science. All of the sounds and music notes that we hear in day-to-day life are just vibrations through the air. Sorry, I had a hair in my mouth. For instance, anything that vibrates 330 times in one second will produce an E note, a guitar string, a tuning fork, or even a tire. To produce an E note with a car, we had to space the rumble strips such that if driven at 45 miles per hour for one second, the car would hit 330 strips. A bit of math tells us that this is 2.4 inches between each rumble strip. After that, it's a case of breaking down the music into exact chunks of time and applying the same technique to each space, depending on what note is needed and for how long. Which, like, just, like, quickly, like that, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. Do you know how hard that must have been? How time-consuming? Think of all the notes that are in America the Beautiful. You'd have to figure out the timing of them, how to space the strips... I mean, I mean, my brain went offline kind of already. <laughs> Not that it's a huge it, undertaking. It's really cool. And also, I guess, depending dependent on how long 
you are on the rumble strip, right. how long you rumble right. is the <laughs> length of time you'll hear, hear the, the song. song. Yeah. Wow. And you said you're going to show like a YouTube. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna I was going to look it up little, on YouTube. Yeah. I'm going to show you a little YouTube video right now and I'll cut this in in case people can't hear it. Well, let's see. Also, they probably want to see it, even if it's just a road. Yeah, I'll have to post it. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, just east of Albuquerque, there's a length of Route 66 that has rumble strips cut into it. That apparently, if you drive 45 miles an hour, it'll play America the Beautiful. So, here we go. Okay, set to 45 miles an hour. Hopefully, I can get this. Oh. oh my god i was trying to like just be quiet you know like so people could hear it that's and that's i mean it already sounded like it when you explained it it sounded impressive but that's really impressive really cool right also, now the, that rumble strip, sure, it still helps people, I'm sure, if truckers are falling sure. asleep. But also, now people are just wanting to hear that. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. So, east of Albuquerque, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I don't have the exact, exact, well, it's on Route 66. So, I don't know. I'm sure we could find that exact strip. But, like, if if we go to... Anywhere in New Mexico, we should well, try and find I'm that. Well, that's why I'm wondering if so I drove... Cool. I didn't know about this at all. But, like, right. I drove to White Sands... Through Albuquerque. Because you'd have to, well, right, you'd have to know about it. I'm assuming there's signs and stuff because you'd have to purposefully drive outside of the line to get on it and stay on it to hear the song. But I mean, that's really interesting. Really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So thank you, Sean Thompson, for for suggesting that. I thought that was a really interesting, and I will post that link in the show notes for this bonus episode so Is people that the can GPS, watch it. Is that the GPS, human GPS, Sean yeah. Thompson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also mentioned to me, because we talked about Meteor Creator in the Flagstaff episode, I believe. Yeah. And he said, um, to give you a little more useless knowledge, there's a six-foot-tall astronaut at the bottom center of the Meteor Crater. And I was like, what? And so I looked it up, and I did... I found out a couple, I found out about that, but I also, this was really cool. So Meteor Crater is the best preserved meteorite impact site on Earth, and it it has led to a safer spacesuit for astronauts, because when they were training there, uh, one of the astronaut trainees ripped his suit on a rock in the crater, mm-hmm. and if that had occurred on the moon, it would have led to his death. Mm-hmm. So after that incident, NASA redesigned their spacesuits with thicker material that re- would resist tears and therefore safer for astronauts, which well, is pretty neat. That's smart. And so I know that Meteor Crater, or a lot of places, I believe, where astronauts train, uh, it's sure, yes, Meteor Crater looks like how... Mars has been depicted to mm-hmm. us in movies or or from what we can see however we see it. Right. But meteor crater is a result of a meteor but that the the rock and the land is volcanic, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. Now, okay. More questions? I'm I know. Have the no, I know. I'm just <laughs> wondering, do you know about Mars is Mars has there is there volcanic I don't know okay. that. Okay. That's I'm a good I'm not going to go up. on. You, might you have can. To cut that. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, no, we okay. don't cut. We don't cut here on the bonus episode. Well, that's my thought. 
Um, or my wonderment, and I'll look it up. Yeah, I don't know. That would be a good thing to look up. Um, I do know, I think you had, and I may have caught this out of the actual episode, because I think you had started to speculate when we talked about this, like, I wonder if any, what would happen if anybody was standing nearby. I'm sure nobody was. Ooh, but maybe they were, so maybe I won't say that. I, I can't remember if I left that in the episode or not. Nearby what? When the meteor hit. Oh, yeah, because it was in like late 1800 or... No, it was during the last ice age. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I knew at the time. 50,000 years ago. Well, there were no humans then. Right, so... um, So that was a dumb comment then of mine. But there were mammoths, mastodons, yes. giant ground sloths. That's right. And they were all... It was common for them to be grazing in the plain around where this occurred so the force of the impact would have leveled that forest around like where the crater now sits for miles hurling all life uh, across the plain. So obviously no, no one knows if that actually happened or not for sure. But over time, if that assuming that did happen, the landscape recovered, a lake formed at the bottom of the crater, and then sediments accumulated until it was only 550 feet deep but right. still pretty deep and then when the ice age ended and the climate changed and it became dry it helped to preserve the crater which is why it's so well preserved Ooh, i have a question today. that mm-hmm. i know you won't know the answer to or i don't assume mm-hmm. archaeologists have been there mm-hmm. i imagine and done different digs so yeah look, based on what you're saying there's probably some bones or have been bones. Sure, that's yeah, probably cool. true. Um, so the thing that uh, that he, our human GPS told us about the astronaut suit, I was like, you know, what? Is it like a real ast- astronaut suit? Ooh, that was that weird. That was weird. I don't know what just happened to our recording. Well, still on. Still recording. Um, was it like a, a real astronaut suit, a fake oh, one, yeah. whatnot. There's honestly not a ton of information online about it, but I did find something that said to provide tourists with a sort of scale for how huge it is. They set up a, like, I believe it's like a wooden, you know, astronaut suit that's six feet tall at the bottom of the crater so that people, when they like look with binoculars and see it and stuff, they can like get an idea of, Oh how my gosh, massive. that's how huge it yeah. is because it might not look as big when you're standing up like at the rim of it. So yeah, it was hard because I looked that up yesterday and I couldn't really, find, that's when I sent yeah. you that cool poster picture, which had nothing, I mean, it had to do with meteor crater and astronauts, but it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's super neat. I would really like to go and see it. Um. So you, thank you. Can you hear Michael listening or watching Succession? I can. That's Succession. Succession. It's my ringtone for my phone right now. And do you notice through, I'll keep this brief, through the episodes, any, I think it's almost all the music, it'll be different instruments, different tempos, different everything, but it's all that A version of that, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay, Um, anyways. He also said, and uh, I just want to correct Mark for your benefit, (laughs) which I thought was funny. Mount Lemmon is just over 8,000 feet, but Tucson is just over 2,000 feet. So if you're looking at a 6,000-foot tall mountain, so you're looking at a 6,000-foot tall mountain. So 4,000 feet would be two-thirds of it. We must have been talking about... Yeah, I remember Mark like chimed in. It wasn't yeah. like when you specifically, I don't think, recorded with him. It was the other this mm. episode. Yeah, yeah, he chimed yeah, in. Yeah, I don't remember what we were you talking had, about, well, though. Me neither, but you had asked me, do you, 
do you remember what is the elevation of Tucson? Right. And I said 1500, I right. think, because that's where my mind always goes. And I guess it's, yeah, closer to 2000. 2000. Okay. So I wonder if we should take care of business first. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just jump into this. What's business? Well, we got an email and I'm not just, I don't, I didn't ask this person if I could share their name or not. So I'm going to not share their name, but we got an email last week. Uh, and I've loved the title. It was the, the email was titled, so you're not that woke after all. Hmm. And I was like, huh? Okay. Well, let's find out why. Which based on whoever said we're too woke, that's at first my mind went to compliment. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I don't, I, I want to say just right off the bat, if this person is listening, they'll know who they are. And I, I told them this when I emailed them back and I stand by it that I appreciate every email. I mean, unless you're like sending me an email like fuck you and your whole family and I'm going to kill you. I don't right. appreciate that. But other than that, you know, whether you're giving us feedback that you love the show, you hate the show, things we can improve, I think it's all useful and, and it means that either you're listening and you like it or you're listening and we, you know, you had a, a, an opinion or a feeling about something and took the time to reach out. And so I, I appreciate it. Really, I think we appreciate all of it. But so this person um, emailed and and was very nice and said she's been listening. She or he has been listening since uh, day one and that they've had mixed feelings, but we've been open and honest about that we're new and we're figuring it out and whatnot. So they said they, they hadn't felt the need to criticize until today hmm. and that we had mentioned circumcision as not being controversial or a big deal. And that was because I was talking about um, how one of the prosecutors in the trial had given this, was trying to, to give an example in court of like, things aren't always what they seem. So if I'm walking in the city in New York and I see a watch store with watches in the window and I walk in and say, Hey, I'd like to buy a watch in the, in the, store clerk says, well, we don't sell watches. We do circumcisions. That would be confusing because that's, that, that's, that's not what they advertise. Right. That store is not what it seems. So that also, that's like a, I think we said that already. That's it's weird. A weird. It's a weird example to give. And that's really all I think that I, you had said to me, well, how do you feel about that example that this lawyer gave? And I it's said, fucking weird. it's fucking weird. And it just, you know, I, I, that's all that I can think of. Like, and and in that moment, I think I said something to the effect of, you know, it doesn't bother me. I mean, circumcision's not controversial. It's just, it's just a weird example. As so, in, it's not mer. Not that it's apparently not bad, but like it's not. You were saying like we're talking about murder, right? Right. Right. So like, yes, exactly. I was saying that, it's, and it's all relative, but still, in that moment, I get that. Yeah, and so, and truly, I said that without even thinking about it. I don't. We don't have brothers. We don't have any close family members that are young children, boys. I don't have kids. Well, I don't have kids, but I don't have uh, a ton of friends who have, you know, baby boys as kids. And I mean, it's just, I've not really ever thought about circumcision to any kind of extent. You know what? If I was a listener uh, and I knew you were a heterosexual female, which you've talked about your significant uh-huh. other enough, I'd be all, well, you know, you have been around dicks, <laughs> both literally and figuratively. That's true. Okay, I have. Go on. But I've never, it's just never been something that has been a, a, a concern, a, 
and anything for me, you know, like that it's, I don't oh, have right. that. I don't have You've that body never, point. I've never had to make that dis- body part. I've never had to make that decision for somebody, whoever I'm with that has a penis, like, you know, that's their choice. I, I or not is, well, that's, it's, that's exactly that's a, it. That's a part of why I believe it's controversial. It's exactly right. So that is a long intro to say that this person reached out to say that they were upset about this, that, that circumcision is controversial and it is a big deal. Um, and they suggested that we do some research on the topic and, and kind of think, try to think objectively about it, um, and provided a few links for us. Oh, and did you go to the links? I, I didn't did. See the links. I did go to the links. I and I wrote this person back. I thanked them and I told them that we were going to talk about this and that I will absolutely educate myself. And I did. And truthfully, it was way more than I've ever hoped to learn about circumcision. But the the basis for it di- is what I expected it to be in terms of, you know, I saw this email and I thought, okay, well, it's got to be controversial because. A brand newborn baby can't say yes. Please cut off part of my penis. Or, right, they can't give con- consent. Is a piece to put it very generally. I believe yes. It's, or I think right. It's it's the parent deciding for a child who can't decide if they actually want that done to their body or not. Right. And then the very little else that I thought I knew about it was that you know there are benefits and drawbacks to to both to being to being circumcised to not being circumcised that what are the drawbacks or what did you think and maybe that's hard to say now if you know more what are the what did you think were the drawbacks to being circumcised besides lack of consent for that baby yeah that it's it's it can be very painful um i i mean you know a lot of these websites had tons of statistics saying that you know one in four men even though most will not admit it like can have like a some type of deep buried memory of that pain. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to go there. Yeah. Um, okay, but on the surface, and again, I don't know if you can pull this apart for yourself because you've already researched a bit, mm-hmm. but like before you looked it up, what do you, what were your thoughts of these well, are the, the drawbacks well, that to being I know circumcised that, um, besides it's not their choice? It's not their choice. That's probably, that is, I'd assume, the biggest, but also that I did know that like it, you're, it becomes less sensitive. Like keeping your your foreskin can can it, there's more nerve endings. It feels better. It's more naturally lubricated. It it feels better for the man supposedly, and oftentimes for their partner. I wonder why for the partner though. There's more friction and girth, and ah. uh, you know. And then I also knew that also it can be not being circumcised can bring up a whole nother set of issues that it can cause, um, you know, uh, more infections, more UTIs. Um, yeah, I found as a, more likely to get an STI, a UTI if right. you're not, um, circumcised because it just, it's, it's an air, it's a catch all for bacteria if you're not properly cleaning. Right. It. That's what I would say. Cause you said, if you're not circumcised, sure. Compared to circumcision, but in my mind, and again, I, well, I'm going to say something next. Uh, to me, it's it can lead to more STIs or UTIs if you're not properly cleaning, taking care of it, yeah, for yeah, your body part. Yeah. Also, I want to say that I don't have a penis, right? So I feel weird, mm-hmm. not weird, but like 
if I it's flip, out of our comfort if, if zone. I, well, not even. I'm okay with that. If I flip <laughs> the script and like if we were, if there was like an equivalent and not like. Yes, I, I know. You know what I'm trying to say. Yes, like an equivalent to male circumcision, but not the horrific things right. that happen to women right. in other parts of the world. Right. Like um, where it's a cultural thing or just a, you know, as in. Right. Babies. Like. Like Jew babies. I'm right. Jewish. I can say that. Right. Uh, <laughs> like if they're brisk right right yeah. so like for uh, for a, bo- a baby jewish boy it's a brisk that's circumcision yeah. if it's sim- something similar to a woman was being like oh we're going to you know remove the tip of their nipple i don't know right. something that's like why that I feel a little bit odd like well it's the same thing that we've talked about not on this podcast i don't believe because we generally try to leave politics out of it but that i don't want a man I don't, I don't want anybody making decisions for me about my body. I certainly don't want an, somebody of the opposite sex who doesn't have to deal with a female body day to day making decisions about that. That's as much as I'm going to say about it because I I do feel strongly about not getting too political uh, on on here. Well, me too. And also, I know this is political. It's also just personal. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, I was telling Michael before you got over here that I think she's going to ask about circumcision. And I was like, okay, well, should I look it up? Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, also, I feel uncomfortable for whatever I just said, like kind of odd talking about something of a body part I don't have. And also my first thought was, my, not why are we talking about this, but it feels odd to talk about this also because um, a slew of my rights are either being taken yeah. away have been taken away my yeah. my female bodily rights yeah, so yep. one doesn't make the other better it's no just i that's odd. yeah i totally agree with that yes absolutely that it's 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 it, i have i and and truthfully to this person who who sent us this email i told them you know we will we're going to talk about this i hope we talk about it in a way that doesn't uh, upset you or offend you like the last thing like the last time that we talked about it un- unintentionally. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's certainly an important topic to lots of people. And if I, um, and you know, had a child that was a boy, it would probably be a very important topic to me. I'm not saying it's not important. It's just something that's a little bit out of my realm. However, I did, there are just two more things I'm going to say on this. Um, and then I I will 500 more. I know. (laughs) And then I will include the links for anyone who also wants to educate themselves because this person who wrote in very clearly is, is against circumcision and, and I can understand why entirely after researching more about it. I also don't want to push any, um, any viewpoint on this podcast. So I'd like to share both sides and let people make up their own minds. But I, I had never really read an account of like what happens during a circumcision. Like I know, I know what the end result is. Sure. I didn't know how the procedure went. And, and I read this and this was as much as I looked into it because it's, so uh, circumcision is usually performed before your baby goes home from the hospital. Like all surgery, circumcision is painful. To relieve pain, anesthetic is given to numb the area. About one hour before the procedure, a numbing cream is placed on the baby's penis. 
Right before the procedure, the doctor injects a local anesthetic at the base of the penis. The penis and foreskin are cleaned, a clamp is attached to the penis, and the foreskin is removed with a scalpel. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was removed with? I don't know. I honestly, that's how little I've thought about it, which maybe sounds ignorant. I've just never had a reason to think about it, and I haven't. You can't think, not anyone can think about all the things. Yeah, so and I just, okay it does seem very terrible. Yeah, I knew it was a scalp, or I, I think I knew Oof. that. Yeah, a sharp, well, scalpel should Oof. be sharp. Um, and then this Dr. Andrew Friedman at, at Gurin Children's Pediatric. He's In a, Israel? A, u- urologist, I don't know. Gurin. Gurin. Uh, he says, G-U-E-R-I-N. Yeah. Yeah. He says, there's no right or wrong answer. There are some minimal benefits and some minimal risks. There's not enough benefit to say that you must do it. And there's not enough risk to say that you can never do it. And I thought that's like, yeah, the, exactly. So, um you know, I'll include the, the, the links and, and I do think that it's an interesting topic that we've probably talked about enough for the moment. Well, I've got something to say. What? It's not controversial. I promise. I'm I'm always (laughs) sweet. And I just like, I've been thinking about it and I tried to type in like, okay, tell me about the controversy Mm -hmm. of which I have a brain, but I wanted to hear what, sure. you know, medical professionals are saying. And mm-hmm. it was, like you said, so many statistics and this and that. Something that stuck out to me is, um, I guess, an argument against it or why some people, a part of why they feel like, no, this isn't a good thing or a helpful mm-hmm. thing is it goes against. So doctors are under the Hippocratic Oath, mm-hmm. doctors, mental health professionals, not everyone. we all should be health professionals do no harm right Right. okay so i wrote something down i need to look at it because you're looking Mm -hmm. at me very and i I (laughs) okay so yeah do no harm and respect that autonomy and there's so a lot of people say there's no medical indication to do it and then of course the child can't give the consent Mm -hmm. then what you said yes um it some research and or medical professionals say it helps reduce um the likelihood of sti uti uh penile cancer and then this was interesting which i didn't look into but i want to uh can also potentially according to this thing i read uh cervical cancer in the male's sexual partner which i think to me means they're less likely to get a uti slash sti slash whatever and thus less likely to, to pass transmit it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pass it on. <laughs> yes, thank you for the the, <laughs> the hand motions. Yeah. So I guess we've really said all of that, but that those were the things that came to mind, like the Hippocratic Oath and the the STI yeah. STIs. I think I think it's it's a very personal decision. Unfortunately, that's also the controversy of it. It's 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 probably a personal decision for the baby that they can't make so that it becomes a personal decision for the parents and that that's i'm trying to think and uh, i'm gonna pause this but i'm gonna say it out loud what other are there other per- of course as a baby your parents make plenty of personal decisions pierced. yeah so i'm trying to think what are the personal decisions that affect your physical body we don't have to go into it but keep that on mind also i'm thinking about what mm. michael said the other day do you remember Mm-mm. about how 
in, you know, thousands of years ago when we had to run and forage. I tried to find that today online. It might just, I don't think he, he like, was, found it. <laughs> you continue. Right? Like, yeah. he no, said, like, it. however long ago, yeah, we had to run, or not we, men, men had to forage in the forest and, and run. get food and run. And the foreskin was a protective layer, literally. Sheath for their, yeah. yeah. That makes sense to me. I couldn't find that. I, I didn't look that deeply into that actually, but I remembered that today and I couldn't remember if him or Mark said it. And I was like, it makes sense. It does make sense. I don't know if I mean, he they might didn't have, have like literally made that up. Jeans but... to protect their penis before. Right. And also nobody's running through the woods. Not, not most people are not running through the woods with their genitals out today. Well, right. That's why it's not necessary. That's true. So doesn't mean it's right. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear if any listeners have strong opinions on this. And to our listener who wrote in again, thank you. And hopefully we, you know, at least continued the conversation. Um, totally. You know, our, our minds are thinking about it now. Yeah. I'm, I definitely thought about educated. it. Exactly. Um, and so now I'm going to educate you on something else oh, no. from the episode. We talked about, that the murderer, <clears throat> um, Jason Doty, was in trouble for or found with, I can't remember exactly, excuse me, I'm sorry, um, embalming fluid. Mm. And and you had asked at the time, like, oh, you know, does that, like, why? And I had said that, you know, you get high from it or it can cause a high. And then we, we referenced Six Feet Under when the hot, Claire's hot boyfriend, like, steals embalming fluid from the Fisher's, uh, you know, more, uh, funeral home. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen that. I know, maybe I said this. I didn't put that together. Like, I mm-hmm. must have missed that. Like, I knew he was getting high. I knew all the things, but I didn't put it together. Yeah, so it's a very, it's a ingesting or smoking embalming fluid is highly dangerous and potentially lethal um but it, so it's but it it is common that people use it to get high uh so embalming fluid is a formaldehyde based um toxin basically it's used for the preservation of deceased bodies it's not intended for human consumption or recreational use but the misuse of it for its psychoactive effects is um there's a bunch of street names for it. They can, it's called um, wet, like getting wet or fry is what they call when you like roll a joint or cigarettes and dip Ooh, it, dip it yeah. in the embalming fluid. And generally, uh, it's not just embalming fluid. Usually people will combine PCP with embalming fluid and either lace it in drugs or dip, you know, marijuana or um, cigarettes in it. Um so embalming fluid is a compound of formaldehyde, methanol, ethanol, and other solvents, and it reportedly can produce a hallucinogenic effect. It also can cause a cigarette or a joint to burn more slowly, which would result in a longer high. Um, formaldehyde causes damage to the central nervous system, respiratory system, and all, basically all of your organs. It can result in seizures, coma, or death. Um, and people, I'm just, I looked it up, everything you said, and then People who have smoked embalming fluid have been known to become angry and aggressive, mm-hmm. putting everyone around them at risk. Well, yes. Yeah, I imagine any of those kind of hard drugs. I found in aggressive. one article, it just this, it had a, a paragraph where it just kind of like ran down a couple of in the past 20 years incidents. So in the Philadelphia suburb of Morrisville, a 14 year old boy 
boy fatally stabbed a 33-year-old neighbor more than 70 times in the year 2000 after smoking a, a for a embalming fluid dipped joint that he purchased in New Jersey. He said he did it because he wanted to quiet the voices in his head, which it clearly didn't help do that. Now he's serving, well, he was serving a seven-year sentence in a juvenile facility in Connecticut. Uh, this, you know, Fry or Illy or Wet or all the street names that first appeared in 95, um, and it was cited as a factor in at least four deaths. Um, in Oklahoma, three young girls reported that they were sexually assaulted after the whole entire group smoked fry. Um, just, you know, tons of incidents of this, but there's there's no national statistics on this because it is, it's so, unre- like, it's, it's mixed with different things, it's used in different ways, but generally, a lot of experts say that there's anecdotal evidence to suggest that this fry or wet or whatever has spread from poor minority inner city communities to affluent wet suburban neighborhoods and college campuses. It pops up in isolated incidents and then seems to spread by word of mouth and by, you know, by ease of access, because I don't think it's actually that easy to get, but it's it's easier than paying a lot of money for whatever people think. Yeah, a lot you got to break street, into, like, figure out how to get into or find somebody who knows somebody who works at a, you know, and also you can buy anything online. I'm guessing you can find embalming fluid somewhere. Or whatever you said the, that, but. yeah, but whatever you just said the ingredients were, I wonder, like, could you find those and combine them? Sure. Yeah. It's kind of also reminds me not the same, but like of huffing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Maybe it's hard to have statistics on that because people huff different things. Right. And, yeah, there's no, it's not like um, how many deaths from just straight cocaine happened right, this year. Right. You know, it's it's a little bit different. But so that is, so don't do that. Stop doing that if yeah. you're doing it. Embalming <sighs> fluid, wow. Mm-hmm. I wonder how, and again, I understand there's not a lot of hard and fast statistics and or, yeah, research, but, you know, it's hard to get to a conclusive spot of like, I'm wondering, how addictive is it, you know? I'm that, guessing probably not because I think it's mostly hallucinogenic. So, and again, I'm speculating here, but mushrooms aren't terribly addictive. It's it's more of a. It's not the compounds in mushrooms that. It's not the compounds in mushrooms. I I believe that could get really contribute to someone being addictive. Addicted. I think it's um, if they like the way they feel on yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's so totally true too. Same with anything, I guess. Yep, that's true too. Um, okay. Is it raining? Mm-mm. Damn it. So, I feel like we might not do all of the things that I have because I feel like we, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do one or two more. That's fine. So, we talked about, um, or we were wondering, like, why did Jason Doty get charged with first degree murder for killing his friend who died in that car accident? Like, when he ran a stop sign, police tried to pull him over. He fled away and ended up flipping his car, and the passenger died. 
Well, now that you're saying it again out loud, and I'm just going to say this real quick. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's right. Yeah. But because he was already breaking the law, evading, poli- like he had already broken the law, maybe that's a contributing factor. You said that on the episode too. Oh, damn which, it. <laughs> which I don't, which I didn't know if that was true or not. Okay. So basically <laughs> what I found is kind of like, there's a whole bunch of different reasons that this could happen. Um, and, and, it, and at the end of the day, it's based on the the location, the jurisdiction. Yeah, the county, the, the, the city, county, the state. Like, there's so many yeah. things like that that play into it. But, but basically, uh, it's first degree murder typically requires the prosecution to prove premeditation, intent to kill, and malice aforethought. Aforethought. So, like those are all the same thing i believe just basically you're thinking about it beforehand mm-hmm. um so he, some possible reasons why a driver could be charged with first degree murder after a fatal car crash car crash is pre-existing intent if the prosecution can demonstrate that the driver had had planned to cause harm or death to the passenger before the crash um if there is evidence that the driver planned and carried out this with the intention of killing the passenger, I'm saying the same thing over and over. Um, and the, the other reason, which I think this is probably more likely is extreme recklessness Mm. in some jurisdictions, extreme recklessness or depraved heart murder can be charged when a person acts with a conscious disregard for human life and their actions results in someone's death. If the driver's conduct leading up to the crash meets the criteria for extreme recklessness, it could result in first degree murder charge, which seems like that's, you know, he ran a stop sign and then like went nuts fleeing police. So that seems reckless. And uh, again, I can't recall Mm. because we do a lot of these episodes (laughs) Um, when he was fleeing or ran the stop sign, fled, whatever the police. Was he also running because he had already Yes, he didn't know if that's why they, he didn't know why they were chasing him. Right, but, but he had he already had, committed the murder. He had one of them. Or, committed the murders. He had broken into yeah, the okay. houses. Yeah, there he had is. committed a bunch of things. Then yes. that even more so. Right, yeah, exactly. Okay. So the circumstances of the, cl- of the case, including the driver's intent, state of mind, and any prior history would also be considered when determining the appropriate charges. So I think like. Prior history, yeah. Yeah, that's he a big had one. murdered people. He had, he had tons of criminal history prior to this. And and all they were technically pulling him over for was running a stop sign. What? Because that's, you know, whether he knew that or not, that's all that initially. That's why they turned on their sirens and went after him. They yeah, obviously they had an inkling for- of that he might be involved in these other things. Sure, but either which way, even if he was Joe Schmo, right? And he ran the stop sign. I imagine they still would have pulled him over because he absolutely broke the right. the traffic law. Yep. Yes. And so then I think this in the episode spurred us into asking like, what, well, manslaughter versus first degree murder, which I kind of had an idea about, but just to, you know, refresh, refresh or anybody who doesn't know um, man's. Well, what do you think? Um, well, kind of what you just said first manslaughter could be um, I kill someone in a car accident where I have a DUI where like I'm not there's no premeditation so right. first degree murder is there some sort of thought or plan or yeah thought yes. or plan that's re- that's really the basis manslaughter refers to the unlawful killing of another person without premeditation or thinking about it ahead of time 
um, some level of culpable negligence, recklessness, or the absence of intention to cause death. So voluntary manslaughter is when a person intentionally causes the death of another in the heat of the moment. Like uh, you believe you need to defend yourself, Mm -hmm. self-defense, or somebody, you know, it, it involves an intentional act but, lack but it's not premeditation. Right. Yeah. So that's voluntary manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter is typically unintentional and occurs as a result of negligent or reckless behavior. It may involve actions that are inherently dangerous or disregard the safety of others. So like I'm drinking and driving. Drinking and Speeding. driving. Or yeah. I or can... uh, yeah, you're that's true. Those are probably better examples. I was gonna say, like, I ask you to go like wakeboarding. When you're drunk and I'm drunk. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. But that would also be mo- it, like it, that. W- I I don't know. But like if you say, hey, let's have some beers and then let's go wakeboarding. And then I happen yeah, to you're die. I'm a full grown adult who yeah. has, um, you know, my own decision making. So but I get drunk and put you on the back of my motorcycle and drive around. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So then first degree murder is a more severe charge. Um requires a higher level of intent and premeditation. It involves the intentional killing of another person with malice, like planning beforehand. Um, First degree murder, first degree murder often requires proof of planning, premeditation, and a specific intent to kill. Um, The defendant's actions must demonstrate a willful and deliberate decision to take another person's life usually without any mitigating factors like no self-defense or you weren't provoked. Um, It wasn't like in the moment, like someone broke into my home. Right. I shoot them. Right. That's manslaughter. Yeah. Likely. Most likely. Right, right, right. Of course, there's all the nuances. Right. That's what I was going to say, like most likely, but it seems like depending on the, yes, the county and the jurisdiction and your lawyer and the police, like there's so many things in the legal system that can just totally change things. Um, And then the last one that I just wanted to touch on was we talked about how Grady Towers was part of Mensa and part of the Triple Nine Society and I had a, you know, I knew what Mensa was, but just to kind of give a little more context, Mensa is an international organization that aims to identify and foster human intelligence for the benefit of humanity. It is open to individuals who score within the top 2% of the general population on standardized IQ tests. Um, It's basically a platform for very, very smart people to connect, exchange ideas, and participate in various intellectual activities. Founded in 1946, there are chapters in more than 100 countries worldwide. Um, And the Triple Nine Society is an international high IQ society for adults whose score on a standardized test demonstrates an IQ at or above the 99.9th percentile. That's cool. I wonder if that is even more exclusive than the 2% Mensa. I kind of think it sounds like it might be. Um, the society recognizes scores from over 20 different tests of adult intelligence. It was founded in 1978 is a nonprofit incorporated in Virginia. And as of September, 2022, it has a member base of over 1900 adults in 50 countries. That's not that many. 1900. That's not many at all. Yeah. No. Um, and they also have a bi-monthly journal, the Vidya, which has articles, poetry, and other creative content from members. And that's what I think Grady contributed to. Because remember I said he wrote like a lot of articles and and things like that. Um, 
so and this goes there's a lot more information on this it goes pretty deep and wide and uh i don't think it's anything that i'll be a part of but uh, fascinating maybe we could find i'm gonna look this up not right now well i'm trying right now but i'm gonna talk Mm. instead um (laughs) maybe putting a link to one or two of the adult iq IQ tests that's a good idea that's a great idea Oh, see, I should be a part of Mensa. Yeah. Look at you, so smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if I've ever taken an IQ test. I guess I'd be interested to or I mean maybe I've taken I don't know. I've taken an IQ online and it's like how I don't know how legitimate it is. Right. Know? Right. That's that's fair. I'd be interested to see. Well, if anybody is listening and is part of Mensa or Triple Nine and you have any cool things to add to this, um, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know. And in the meantime, so let me just recap. I'm going to put links to, ooh, that singing highway mm-hmm. and some of the circumcision stuff mm-hmm. and maybe one of these Mensa things in our show notes for mm-hmm. this episode. Okay, I just needed to recap that for myself so that I can do that because we're going to post this very quickly here. And um, somebody had mentioned on our Patreon and I wanted to say thank you to you. You'll know who you are that um, it looks like we left cavalry, which we have. I'm not um, permitted to say a whole bunch more than that, but we have now gone independent. And so she was reminding me that she said, it seems like you've left cavalry, but you still have the, uh, the logo on your artwork. So I'm working on getting that removed and we have left cavalry and are now fully an independent podcast. So um, I don't know what the point of saying that was. I guess just I just wanted to acknowledge that to listener. just acknowledge that and acknowledge that listener. Yeah, thank you. And I think that's I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap it up. We had a few more things, but I think that people can only handle so much of our banter. And it is 530. So I'm definitely not editing this, although I might put in that YouTube video of the singing highway, unless it ca- unless the microphone captured it well. So, um, you have anything else? Mm, no, I don't think so. It's I think it's like ninety seven degrees out right now. So, <laughs> so there's that. Yay! <laughs> it's nice and hot here. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think I have anything else either. So we will uh, sign off, and we will be back with another episode and another lookup list later this week and next week well forever and ever yeah forever and ever and um thanks for listening love you guys hug your loved ones hug your loved ones and we'll talk to you guys soon night night bye